All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for bringing Larry to us. Thank you for the gift that you've put in him. So, Father, we look to you today to be our teacher, to open up our eyes, our hearts, our ears, and to bring us to higher places in you from faith to faith. I thank you that you give Larry the words to speak and the things to minister in clarity in Jesus' name. And amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. I'm really honored to be here and to stand before you and uh, Pastor Sidney and Jennifer. And I just, every time I come here, I look forward to it because um, there's such a love from you guys. And um, you support us. I know you pray for us. Um, I, I'm, I just want to say I'm so excited about you guys, and I'm hooking up with you for your own facility. Amen? I, I'm excited about that. I believe the time has come. Hallelujah. And uh, I'm in faith with you that God is big enough, hallelujah, to provide you an awesome facility. It's a tool, but it's a great tool, and, and God's going to provide it for you. I believe that. Amen? So the clock is not my enemy. <laughs> not your enemy anymore in Jesus' name. So um, <clears throat> there's so much that I'm so full. You know, I, I can't think of a better time in all of history to be alive than right now. Amen? You know, the devil, I know it looks like he's been making all the headlines, but I'm telling you, God is not even a little bit nervous about it. Amen? God really is in control. It may not look like it in the natural, but he really is in control. Amen? And so, <clears throat> it's an exciting day to be alive. If I had a choice in all of history, I'd choose right now. Amen. Glory to God. Amen? I think things are wrapping up. And I, I believe the better things and the greater things are to come. Amen. And are still in front of us. Amen? And, and it's going to be us working together. Amen? And <clears throat> we're going to do it, people. Hallelujah. God is good. I'm thrilled to watch how God is causing different members in our church to grow spiritually. I believe it's God's will that we build solid, strong believers, pillars, amen, in the church. And uh, I was thrilled to see, you, you know, the three that came up this morning. Hallelujah. Um, you know, God's wanting to build strong pillars in the church so that the church will be strong and fulfill its call. You know, God's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to take our place as the church, amen, and as the body of Christ. And, and we're going to do it, amen. Um, I, I'm going to try and share something very, very important with you this morning that normally takes me weeks to teach. <laughs> and so it's, I would say, probably my favorite subject of all subjects to preach or teach. And it's has, it has to do with covenant, Blood covenant. And, I, and what I want to share with you is so important. It's the very heart and the core of covenant. And it has great, great significance for every one of us sitting in this room. You know, God created man in the beginning for fellowship, for relationship. But at the fall of man, you know, the fall of man broke relationship. You know, one, one guy makes a bad choice and now we have all this to deal with today, you know. And... Sin entered, and God immediately had a plan. And, he, and the first clue we got was Genesis 3.15. They call it in theology the 
of evangelium, and it means, basically, um, it says that uh, God spoke to the snake, the serpent, Satan, and he said, I'm going to put hostility between your seed and her seed. And, you know, he's going to bruise your head, and you're going to bruise his heel. And that was the beginning of God beginning to show his plan, his ultimate plan of restoring relationship back to him again. You know, it wasn't religion that man lost in the garden. It was relationship. So we don't bring religion to people. We bring relationship. Amen? We're all the time telling the Muslims, we're not here to change your religion. We're here to tell you how you can have a relationship with your creator, that he's made a way for you. Hallelujah. And so... uh, to simplify it, we, you know, he basically revealed th- that plan through covenants. And, and, and I'm going to simplify it and, and basically talk about two, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Does that sound familiar to you? <clears throat> and so uh, we can understand the Old Covenant better when we study how God initiated covenant with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, God found in Abraham a man who he could trust and a man who would believe him. And so in Genesis chapter 12, the first few verses, he begins to lay out some heavy promises. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. Through your seed, all nations of the earth are going to be blessed. God has always been interested in all nations, all peoples, always, from the very beginning. Amen? He loves all people. And it's interesting, if we don't have time to talk about it this morning, but you follow this twofold track of, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. It has to do with even the two works of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit within, He blesses us, the well that springs up into everlasting life, and also that second work, I'm going to make you a blessing, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts. Amen? So he's interested in blessing you, but he's also interested in making you a blessing. Amen? That goes right back to Genesis 12 in the very beginning. So Genesis 12, he begins to talk to to Abraham and he makes these promises to Abraham. And you get to uh, Genesis 15 and after he conquers these kings and his few mighty men. And, and anyway, he, God comes to him and says, I'm going to be your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And you think Abraham would be all excited. Instead, he goes, uh, but, you know, God, you've not given me a seed. You've not given me a son. Look, look, God, all I have is Eliezer, the, my servant. And God, God says, that's not your, that's not the seed I'm talking about. And he takes Abraham outside and he goes, now you look. You know, we do this to God all the time. Look, God, I still have an empty bank account. Look, God, I'm still battling the sickness in my body. Look, God. And God takes him out and says, no, you look. Look at the stars. See if you can count them. So shall your descendants be. Hallelujah. We, may, we need to make sure our eyes are on the right things that we're seeing the heart of God, the promises of God, the provision of God. And so God's, then Abraham says something interesting. He goes, how will I know? And as soon as he says that, how will I know? Boom, God says, take these animals, cut them in half. And immediately Abraham knew 
the seriousness of what God was doing because they knew about covenant, how serious covenant was. And so he instructed him to cut these animals in half and created this, laid the halves on two sides and created this bloodstained path. And that's how covenant was made. And the two that make, were making covenant would walk that bloodstained path together. <clears throat> and, of course, Abraham couldn't walk that path with God himself. So God puts him to sleep and gives him a dream. And in the dream, there's this smoking oven and a flaming torch. Huh, wonder who that is. Well, the smoking oven is God. And the flaming torch is Jesus, way before he actually manifests on the earth, he's the, he's the one who had to take Abraham's place. He's the one who took our place. Amen? So <clears throat> the, this covenant is made. And as, as you go on, God begins to spell out this covenant and explain it more to Abraham. And you get to Genesis 17, and, and you read the words again and again, my covenant. God's talking to Abraham, and he says, this is my covenant. You see, we call it an unequal covenant. It's like when a, a large nation comes to a little country and says, we can make a covenant, but I'm giving you the terms and the conditions in this covenant, and they're not negotiable. And that's what God has given us. He's come to us and he says, I have a covenant. I have a relationship I'm inviting you into. But I'm giving you all the terms and conditions and they're not negotiable. You can't add to or take away from it. And so <clears throat> he tells Abraham, this is my covenant. But then he gets to the point where he says, but I'm asking from you one thing. And this is my message for us today. It's about the one thing. I'm not talking about City Slickers, you know, the movie. Some of you saw that one thing. <clears throat> but he says, there's one thing I want from you. For you to be able to enter into this covenant with me. Does anybody know what that is? Besides Pastor Sidney? What is the one thing that God required? What is the one thing that he wanted? Circumcision. Circumcision. And he, and he goes so far to say that If you're not circumcised, look at in, in Genesis 17, verse 14, he says, the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And I want us to see how serious this is because we're going somewhere today. We're going to end up somewhere that is so important and has a lot to do with our walk with God today. <clears throat> this mark, this act of circumcision was so important to God that at the, a very important point in Moses' life, right after he had had the burning bush experience on the mountaintop, and, and God had told him to go to Egypt and what to say to Pharaoh, right after that, God tries to kill him. Imagine that. I mean, he calls you to this great work, and then he tries to kill you. It's like, what in the world? <clears throat> but what was the problem? Circumcision. He had not circumcised his son. Immediately, he knew. He circumcised his son, and that thing lifted. It was so important to God that before God's people could enter the promised land, they had to be circumcised. This all has meaning for us. 
You know, the story of God delivering his people out of Egypt, out of bondage, after 400 years of being in Egypt, sent Moses to deliver them. Before they could enter into the promised land, they had to be circumcised. And you know the story. It's a, it's a parallel to us that that of bringing us out of bondage, out of our old life, and God's desire to bring us into the promised land. And <clears throat> something has to happen. Now, you know the generation that came out of Egypt didn't believe God, didn't trust God, so they were forced to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until all of them died, except for Joshua and Caleb. They were circumcised, but that new generation had not yet been circumcised. I want to read the scriptures with you here in Joshua chapter 5. Listen carefully. Joshua chapter 5, beginning at verse 4. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt, just like I had explained to you. For all the people who came out of out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord. And, and, and I want you to just, I'm just make a note here. I want you to see the importance of this circumcision in the connection to obedience. <clears throat> to whom the Lord swore he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons, whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day, listen, this day I have ro rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal literally means to roll away. I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt. Gilgal is our Calvary, is our cross. It's the place where our hearts are circumcised. It's the place where our sins are rolled away. Amen? Hallelujah. This, the significance of this is huge. And it's huge for us today. The, the parallel here of the, the promised land. Before God can bring us into the promised land. And I know that in our traditions, Christian traditions and our old hymns, we talked about the promise, we sang about the promised land as though it was heaven. Canaan land, Beulah land, and we, we sing about it as something distant, you know, heaven to come. But, but our promised land is not heaven. Our promised land, look, I like the way Brother Hagin said it. He said, there's no enemies to conquer in heaven. Our promised land is all that we have in Christ. All that we are in Christ. All that we can do in Christ. That's our promised land. And just like they had to fight for it, even though it had been given to them, we have to fight for it, even though it has been given to us. Amen? <clears throat> Hallelujah. So 
Why is circumcision an important issue for the believer, for the child of God today? Because just like God required one thing from them, He requires one thing from us. I tell this to our church all the time. There's only one thing that God wants from you. Really? That's it? Yeah. Just one thing. That's kind of refreshing to hear, isn't it? Just one thing. Hallelujah. And we can begin to discover what that is when we read the words of Moses, the words, final words just before he's taken away in Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's read this together. And let's discover this together. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 5. Moses says to the people of God, Then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed, and you shall possess it. He will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. You see that? And you go down to verse 19 in the same chapter. He says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice, and that you may cling to Him, for He is your life. Do you see that? That you may love the Lord your God. That you may obey His voice. That you may cling to Him. We see this connection again between love and obedience. Circumcised heart and obedience. Amen? Um, When Jesus was preparing to bring this new covenant into place, He was asked one day, what is the first commandment? You remember that? Mark chapter 12. Look what Jesus answers. Mark 12, verse 29. Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. Is the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Amen? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind, and with all your strength. There you have it. Spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, heart, soul, and mind, and strength, body. With all that we are. Spirit, soul, and body. We love Him. Amen? So it's when you and I respond to God and all that He has done for us through Jesus Christ with our love, our devotion, at that point we enter into this new covenant that has been prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Amen? And we enter into the promised land. Hallelujah. You know, you might have a difficulty understanding the connection here between circumcision in the Old Testament and in love and a circumcised heart. But you're not the first ones that had a problem with it. P- 
Peter had a big problem with it. You know, um, the way they talked about circumcision in the, in the eyes of the Jew, there was only the circumcised and the uncircumcised. And the uncircumcised, they used in a derogatory way. You remember when David stood before the giant Goliath, you uncircumcised Philistine. <clears throat> it means that the guy wasn't in covenant with God. I'm, I stand here and God's on my side. Hallelujah. And so in their eyes, there were only two groups of people, and they looked down on the, the uncircumcised, the non-Jews. And, and yet we go back and we find out the way God talked to Abraham and others, his love is for all nations, for all people, not just the Jews, but for all people, everywhere, for all time. Amen? <clears throat> and so God wants to show Peter that there's something more here you're not seeing. Do you remember the Acts 10? He's on the rooftop, a sheet's let down with unclean animals. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, no, not me, Lord. And God did it three times, and finally he started to get it. And, and God says, there's three guys waiting downstairs at your gate. Go with them without question. He ends up at the house of this uncircumcised Gentile, the Cornelius, and he's preaching the gospel to them. In the middle of preaching the gospel, they, the Spirit of God falls upon them like he did on the day of Pentecost. And not only are they saved, but they're, they begin to speak in other tongues. They've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like they were at the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. And they're shocked. How could this happen to uncircumcised people? Peter didn't get the fact that that's the whole point. This is the whole point, Peter. So Peter goes back to Jerusalem and he Acts chapter 11, the very next chapter, in the first few verses, he comes back to Jerusalem with his entourage and waiting for him are the other apostles. And, they, and listen to what they say here in Acts chapter 11, verse 2. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him saying, you went into uncircumcised men and you ate with them. Do you think prejudice is some new phenomenon in our generation? No. As, as far back as humans began, there was a problem with prejudice. And Peter found himself defending what he had done by preaching the gospel to these uncircumcised people. And his struggle continued. You'd think that he would have gotten it. But we find out later in Galatians chapter 2 that Paul contends with him at Antioch. Well, Acts chapter 11 is where Antioch began. It was the, where the church began. So it was even after this whole thing with the house of Cornelius. And look what, look what Paul does. Look what he writes about his confrontation with Peter in, Acts, in Galatians 2, verse 11. We're going to read 11 through 13. Now, when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. I thought he was an apostle. Doesn't that make him perfect? No. For before certain men came from James, the pastor at Jerusalem, he would eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he withdrew and separated himself, 
fearing lest those who were of the circumcision, fearing those who were of the circumcision. And the rest of the Jews also played the hypocrite with him, so that even Barnabas was carried away with their hypocrisy. Wow, that was a spanking. Paul, he wasn't even one of the original 12. And he's standing up against these original 12. Paul had a revelation of this old covenant practice of circumcision and its meaning for us now under a new covenant that was a better covenant based on better promises. Amen? Paul was a Jew very knowledgeable of the old covenant. He was taught by the best. He was a great teacher himself, was known as a great teacher. But he understood circumcision. That it was only a type, a symbol of what God eventually wanted to bring us under the new covenant. Look at what he wrote to some of the churches in Romans. Look what he wrote to the believers at Rome. Chapter 2, beginning at verse 28. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. I always wonder what it would be like if God would have done it a little differently instead of our hearts being marked our left ear would turn blue. Can you imagine that? If you really were sincere and you really trusted God and you were really saved, your left ear would turn blue. You'd have all, all the blue ears sit over here. <laughs> we would be judging people left and right. We'd be having all-night prayer meetings trying to get people's ears to turn blue. <clears throat> hmm. You know we would. But God made it something, even in the Old Testament, under the, in circumcision, how do you know? Unless you're peeking under the stalls. <clears throat> God made it something that you couldn't know outwardly. God is so smart. Hallelujah. The wisdom of God. Think about it. I love what he wrote to the Colossians. In him, chapter 2, verse 11, Colossians 2, 11, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And my favorite one of all is Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision. Now, he's in prison. He's writing these words in prison. And there's this big thing that he's standing up against, this prejudice between the Jews and the non-Jews, the circumcised, the uncircumcised. And now he writes these powerful words. We are the circumcision who worship him in spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Stop regarding your flesh, what you've earned through the flesh, what color your flesh is. What your lot in life is. Have no confidence in the flesh. Rejoice in Christ Jesus. 
Rejoice in the fact that your heart has been changed. Hallelujah. That you're marked by Almighty God because of your love for Him and your intimacy with Him. Hallelujah. I love it something years ago when the apartheid thing broke out in South Africa and uh, Ray McCulley had this big church in Johannesburg and, and there were these they were blacks and whites worshiping God together. And that wasn't supposed to be. And there was riots in the streets between the blacks and the whites. And, and so the journalists come and they attend one of the services because they want to find out what's going on here. How is it possible that all these mixed people are meeting together and doing this stuff together? Afterwards, they interviewed Ray McCulley. And they said, how, what's the secret here? What, how do you do this? And Ray McCulley wisely answered. He said, it's not the color of the skin that matters to God. It's the color of their heart. Huh. Amen? God wants to give us a new heart. No matter the color of your skin. No matter male, female. Your lot in life. He's ready. Hallelujah. He waits for our response. Do you love him? I love that. Do you worship him? He said, we're the circumcision who worship God. What are we doing when we worship God? We're making love to him. We're being intimate with him. Hallelujah. And just before those, that verse 3, he says, beware of the dogs. Do you remember that? The dogs are the, the doctrine police. You don't believe like I do? I'm going to tear you up. Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evildoers. Beware of the mutilators. What is the mutilation? What is that? They were the castrators. You know what that is, don't you? You guys are, some of you are farmers. You know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> What's he saying? Beware of the castrators. Why did he say that? They're the ones that will tell you, stop worshiping God like that. You're too loud. You don't need to lift your hands. You don't need to dance. You don't need to be so excited and emotional. What are you talking about? We're the circumcision. We worship Him. We, we love Him with everything that's within us. Amen? Don't let anybody stop you or tell you not to worship. Or give Him your whole heart. Amen? Beware of the mutilator. Our worship is an expression of our love for Him, that our hearts have been circumcised, that our hearts have been made new, that we've been changed. Praise God. Praise <clears throat> Another way that we express our love is our obedience. Amen? When we get in trouble when He doesn't get that from us. Obedience. Amen? You remember what Jesus said in John 14, 15? It's real easy to remember, 14, 15. John 14, 15. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me. We tend to only look at those words from Jesus one way. That is the only way to prove your love to him is by keeping his commandments. But you have to be very careful because without realizing it very subtly, you can move from obeying him to show your love to working to earn his love, which is a big mistake. 
And one day God began to deal with John Bevere about this verse and he wanted to show him something more and he read it and read it and he read that in the next 12 verses after it and he didn't see it. And God says, read it again. He would read it again. He said, I don't see it. He goes, read it again. So he said, I read it real slow. And he, he still didn't get it. And then he said, I read one word at a time and I paused. Took all that time reading the 12 verses. And finally, he saw it. I see it, God. He said, there's, a, there's a, 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 another meaning here. If you love me, if you love me, you will be able to keep my commandments. You see, in loving him, it's as we're loving him, something is unleashed inside of us that enables us to keep his commandments, empowers us. Think about it. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will quicken your mortal body by that same spirit. The resurrection power, that I may know him. And the resurrection power. Hallelujah. That's what's inside of you and me. And as that's unleashed, as that's released from us, it empowers us, not only lifts us out of sin, but empowers us for the journey. Glory to God. You say, I can't live this life. I've been there. You can if you learn to love him. If you can learn to love him. You can live this life. Amen? Amen. You know, even during this time of the coronavirus, I think fear has been the worst enemy. I think many of you would agree. And yet, love is the answer. How do I know? 1 John 4, 18. There is no fear in love. Hello? But perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So if you're fearing, it's not a fear problem. It's a love problem. It's knowing his love for you, what he's done for you. And responding in love to him. Thanking him for all that he's done for you. Thank you for the life you've given me. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for the peace, the supernatural peace you give even in the midst of the storm. I thank you for healing my body. I thank you for all that you've provided for me financially, every, every need in my life. You're the God who's more than enough. Amen? And I, I just want to say today... I, I'm about finished here, but we need to look again at our hearts, recalibrate our hearts, if you will, by going back to Gilgal, to what he did at the cross. And it reminds us of his great love for us. Never question the love of God based on your circumstances, what he did for you, what he didn't do for you. Go back to Calvary and look. What did he do for you? What no one has ever done for you. He gave himself for you. He gave everything. Everything. He doesn't expect more from you. He wants the same. Your love. Amen? Amen. I heard Mike, Mike Beekle say this from Kansas IHOP. 
He said, so many times in my life I've had to go back to that point and remind myself of how much he loves me and how much I love him. Do you remember the situation with Peter? He denied the Lord. He ran out, wept bitterly, went back to fishing again. Didn't think he could live up to it. And God goes, Jesus comes and finds him. What does he say to him? Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. Do you love me? Yes, Lord. You think Jesus didn't know that's why he was asking? He wanted Peter to hear Peter say, I do love you. I've messed up. But one thing is certain. I love you. I still love you. Amen. You know, no matter where you're at, you need to be at that point. Always come back to that place. You know, even in Gilgal, before they would go out and fight battles again, they would go back to Gilgal. It was later on, you remember 1 Samuel 15, where Saul was rejected as king at Gilgal. It was at Gilgal. Because he was trying to help God out. He was with his works. But it was obedience that God wanted. That's all he wants from us. Our love. When he has your love, he has everything. He has your bank account. He has your house, your car, your family. He has it all when he has your love. Amen? We need to take time. Find verses even in the Psalms that talk about your love for him. And sing those verses. Speak those verses. Amen? And I, last of all, I just want to say that those who love Him, really love Him, bring every decision to Him, every choice. Too many times we make a decision, a big decision in life, and then we ask God to bless it before we even ask what He thinks about it. Should I marry that person? But I love Him. Can you go to God? And really pray and say, God, if you say yes, I'm okay. And if you say no, I'm okay. That's the place where there's true surrender and love. Amen? Can we stand together? There's so much more here, but I wanted to just get to the heart of the matter. Amen? You know, you know Him, it means your heart's been marked. Your heart's been circumcised. But because you've given Him your heart. Amen? Hallelujah. And no matter where you're at, He's ready there to meet you. Amen? And take you from that point to where you need to go in Him. Amen? It takes trust. It takes love. Amen? And I, wanna, I just want to challenge you to recalibrate your heart this morning. Amen? To look inside again. God, do you have all of me? Do you have everything? Has there been anything that has tried to come between you and me?
Help me to see it. I want to belong to you. I want to follow you. I want to always be giving my all to you. Amen? That's where he's wanting to bring us. The rest of it's just smoke and mirrors. Amen? God's calling you back. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are the circumcision that worship him in the spirit. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for every child of yours in this place today. I thank you for the miracle of a new heart, a new spirit that you've given to us as we've responded to you and have given you our love. Father, I today, help us to see it, open our eyes. Hallelujah. Again, we give you our whole heart, all of our love. Your wish is my command. Whatever you say, whatever you say, I'm ready. I'm yours. Hallelujah. Father, I, I speak that over each one here today. Hallelujah. Help us to recognize the distractions and put it aside so our hearts are set on you again. That we bring you all of our love, all of our devotion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not our works, it's not our sacrifices, our great sacrifices, but it's our obedience that comes out of our love for you. That's what we bring you today. That's what we bring you. Thank you for owning us, loving us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Brother Larry. We are going to send Larry out blessed, and so if you would like to give an offering to that, you just make it out to CWI, and 100% of it's going to go to him. And so um, if you need an uh, envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will uh, keep your hand up so they see you, and they'll bring one to you. If you are making out credit card information on the envelope, just make sure you fill all of the uh, information on that envelope out. You know, the Lord longs for relationship with you. Relationship. And Jesus said in John 17... As he was praying, he, he described eternal life as knowing the Father and His Son, Jesus. Not, not living forever, that's only a side benefit. But eternal life is knowing, and that word knowing means intimately. Intimately knowing the Father. That relationship and, and distractions. You said something during prayer, you know, you, you prayed about distractions. Distractions and drains are 
one of the biggest hindrances that we have to relationship today. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, be aware of those distractions, those drains. And we have unprecedented access to the Bible today, of any time in history. I mean, you can listen to the Bible, you can read the Bible, you can watch the Bible, word for word. You know, you have it on, they have it on Netflix and all kinds of other apps. And, and there's hundreds of thousands of hours of teachings that we can listen to and, and the Word being preached. And, and we have all kinds of amazing books all on this relationship with the Lord. And yet, we also live in probably the most easily distracted society that's ever been. And so, your relationship with the Father, your circumcision of the heart, is going to come down to your choice, your deliberate choice. You're not going to fall into it by accident. You're going to make the deliberate choice to know the Father. All right, are you ready with that offering? We'll take a hold of it. Let's pray over it. Father, I thank you that you... You have made a lot of great promises about finances, Father, and how that if we would hook up with you and sow into the kingdom, that you would prosper it, that you would cause it to multiply. So, Father, we're asking for that right now, that this seed being sown into the kingdom, into the work that Larry does and all around the world where he goes, that it would be multiplied in him. And that as he goes, every need of his is met, every bill is paid, that he is able and able by your grace and by the finances to do all that you've called him to do and put in his heart. I thank you for it. I thank you too that there is an abundance of harvest coming to those that have sown. According to your word, so be it in Jesus' name. All right, the ushers can pass the baskets and uh, the people will give unto the Lord. While they're passing the baskets, I want to explain, remind, might, might be a better way of saying it, is so because the Ethiopians are having a service after us and um, we are excited for them that they are able to meet face to face today and, and have a wonderful time together. So we need the building upstairs here to be emptied out immediately upon dismissal. Now downstairs, like normal, we have... Uh, we have some treats for you to eat on and, of course, hug on everyone, love on everyone, spend as long as you like downstairs. I have instructed our sound team to play music loud enough that you cannot carry a conversation in here <laughs> on dismissal. So don't even try. If they see you talking, they're just going to turn it louder. Go downstairs, talk down there. And then uh, we also have some birthdays in the house today. And... Um, but, Josh's birthday is today. Wave at us, Josh. So give him a hug. Wish him a happy birthday. And uh, John's birthday is today. And Andrea's just was. So we have uh, some cake downstairs. And uh, you are invited to have some of that cake and rejoice with uh, John being 30 again. And... Uh, All right, I think I covered everything. All right, hallelujah. We're even going to be able to, to, to dismiss two minutes early. Praise the Lord. So love on each other as you go. Good morning, everyone. 
Welcome to Church of the Word here in Landisville, Pennsylvania. So glad that each and every one of you are here today. Glory to God. Are you glad to be here? Yes, in the house of the Lord. I'd like to encourage you in the Word of God this morning. In Psalms. Hallelujah. We're going to look at Psalms 89, and it says, And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in the heavens can compare unto the Lord? Who among the sons of who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Glory to God. The heavens are thine, the earth is thine. As for the world and the fullness thereof, thou hast founded them. Thou hast a mightiest arm, strong in thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Justice and judgment are the habitation of thy throne. Mercy and truth shall go before thy face. Blessed is the people. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. In thy name shall they rejoice in all their day. In thy righteousness shall they be exalted. For thou art the glory of thy strength. And in the favor of our horn shall be exalted. That's the hand. We exalt him with our hands. So let's stand up together as a family of God. Lift your hands in exalting the Father. He said he's looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And Father, you don't have to look any further than us right here. We exalt you and worship you in spirit and truth. right now in each one of our lives promise keeper you keep all your promises they are yes and amen hallelujah your word is true it's forever settled it's the same yesterday today and forever jesus our high priest sitting at the right hand of the throne everything he is interceding for you and i every moment of the day we belong to him we've been called by his name from the foundations of the earth. He is your high priest. He is your intercessor. Speak the word, speak the truth. And as you declare it, you partner in with the very voice and very heart of your high priest, Jesus Christ, our advocate. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and just thank him for who he is. King of kings, Lord of lords, Savior, God-man, made the son of man came in the flesh died on the cross shed his blood for each and every one of us forgiving all of us our sins creating our spirits anew unto god 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 the father in commune with god the father our spirits alive unto him 
Jesus, we are so grateful. You're our healer, our deliverer, our redeemer. You are all you say you are to me. Say that. You are all you say you are to me. Personally, to me. You are my healer. You are my redeemer. You are my deliverer. You're my everything. Father, we thank you for Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I like to say everything in between. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, one way we love God is by loving one another. So turn to your neighbor and tell him, I'm so glad you're here today. You are a blessed man or woman of God. Great to be in the house of God today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. of you know once a month the first Sunday of the month we send out some teams to uh, Lancaster and to Columbia and they minister down at uh, City Gate and what they do is they feed the homeless and those that um, have need right and and they feed them food they feed them the word and um, give them the light and life and love of Jesus Christ and we have just seen uh, such amazing things taking place down there as they're out there being the hands and feet of Jesus, people coming into the kingdom of light, giving their life to the Lord, seeing people touched and healed, and, and uh, watching lives being turned around. From uh, last fall, there was uh, a few young men that came in and received Jesus as their Lord. They were living under a bridge and down by the river. And um, then the other, the, the last time our teams were out, right, last month, um, here they ran into those young men again, completely changed and transformed. Had jobs, were renting a house. I mean, their lives just completely turned around. And, and what the Lord had done for them evident in them. So what I want to encourage you to do, that as this team goes out today, that you hook up with them in faith and hook up with the Lord in faith, that what they're going to do out there today is absolutely going to hit a mark. And like an arrow, it's going to go right to the target. The words that are going to be spoken, uh, they might not feel completely divinely inspired in the moment, but we believe that as the Word of God is spoken, it will absolutely find the fertile ground where it's planted. And so let's just pray that way right now. If you would, just stretch out your hands to the Lord. Father, we thank you right now that your word, that you said you watch over your word to accomplish it, to perform it, and that it won't return to you 
except that it'll do what you sent it to do. It'll prosper in what you sent it to do. So, Father, we call your word prosperous today down in Lancaster at City Gate. We call your word prosperous in Columbia at City Gate. Father, we call, we ask you, Lord, for these divine encounters today, that you would, by signs and wonders, confirm your word, set those free. Lord, that put, put a draw upon them to you like they've not experienced before. And if any come in that know you, Father, but are weak and worn down, Lord, we just speak strength to them. And I ask that as these workers go, that you give them the understanding, the wisdom, the words of wisdom, words of knowledge, your word to speak to them, to sustain the weary in the moment. I thank you for this. And Father, I just declare healing in the streets today. Healing in the name of Jesus in the streets, both body and soul. And Lord, that their spirits would be alive to you. I thank you for it. I thank you for protection over the team, that nothing will harm them in any way. In Jesus' mighty name, and amen. All right, you may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Jesus is alive. Amen. And, you know, he's the reason we're here this morning. So good to be in the house uh, with you all this morning. And we would like to welcome our guests this morning. So if you're here for the very first time, raise your hand. We'd like to just welcome you. We have a few over here. Welcome to Church of the Word International. Um, our ushers are going to be handing out um, these little cards, and if you want, you can put your information on those and pass them into the basket as it goes by. Any prayer requests you might have, um, feel free to share those with us, and we will agree with you in prayer. If anybody needs a cash envelope for your giving, just raise your hand, and the ushers will see that you get one. If you're giving by credit card, do fill out all the blanks. And we're going to return the tithe to the Lord this morning, gratefully, with a thankful heart. You know, he's the reason we have resources to give from. He's the reason we have income, and everything that we have is because of him. So we're grateful, and we recognize that tithing is an action of faith. It's an action that, of faith that is saying, God, you're my source. I'm trusting you. And I wanted to read just real quickly Psalm 68 Verse 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Everything we do comes from him. He's the reason we live and move and have our being. He's a good provider. He's faithful. I think that uh, many of us can testify to that, experience that in our lives. And so we're grateful this morning. So let's just take a hold of your tithe. Let's pray over that. Father, we're, we're grateful to be called your children this morning. We are grateful that we are not left as orphans, but that you care for us and that you take care of us and that you're faithful. And so I just thank you, Lord, for your provision. I thank you that you meet every need in this house. I thank you for your promises being true for the tither in the name of Jesus and amen. And the ushers can pass the baskets and the people will give to the Lord. All right, Kelly, you ready for, we have an LTS graduation. Well, good morning. 
Just real quick before we call our graduates up, for those of you who may not know, we have a, a Bible school here, and it's called the Leadership Training School. And it is des designed, it's a school that is designed to create lifelong learners. We offer men and women and even teenagers, we have teenager in there too, um, who desire to deepen their walk with the Lord and increase in God's wisdom and knowledge of the word and um, just ministry times, all kinds of wonderful things that happen at this Bible school um, over the course of five semesters. So it takes about two and a half years to complete. So this morning, I'm up here because we are going to honor three ladies who have create or who have finished um, five semesters and are now official leadership training school graduates. So I would like to ask Jill Avenise. Right here. Andrea Lapp. And Monica Zimmerman. We're looking at three amazing women that came to, through two and a half years, uh, five semesters of LTS. LTS started back in the 90s by Apostle Dale Armstrong, and we certainly want to honor him and his family today for the creating in his heart was a creating, like Kelly said, lifelong learners, establishing habits, uh, reading books, journaling, memorizing scriptures, writing some papers. All this uh, takes tenacity and faithfulness to accomplish each semester, correct? So we look at all of you. And by the way, are there any alumni of LTS? Will you please stand up in the, in the church today? Please stand up. Let's honor them. Look at that. Wow. Praise the Lord. For in just a couple sentences, what did LTS mean to you, Jill? Well, I think for me, it just, it's amazing how much it really deepened my relationship with the Lord. And it really helped me shut off those religious traditions. Some of them I didn't even know I had from growing up. So it was just, yeah, it's awesome. Amen. Andrea? Uh, it made me like search more the word of God, like how much you really can find about life, daily life in it and Really put it in your heart and then, like, just work it out. Yeah. Praise the Lord. It was a great learning experience. Uh, really helped me understand more things in the Word and um, what was really in there that I didn't understand. Praise the Lord. And LTS is full of many speakers that come in, so you get a flavor and a smorgasbord of other ministers' lives. So there's so many great things about LTS. It's a wheel within a wheel in our church. So if you are the least bit excited about pursuing the things of God in a greater depth, LTS is for you. Please see Kelly about that. And let's give our graduates a big round of hallelujah. Bless you. God bless you all. I want to say a hearty amen to all the things that were said about LTS. You know, I've, you've heard me say it before, but I believe one of the most powerful things that happens there is the memorization of the Word. And um, I've never been a fan of memorizing things as long as I can remember, yet I've never regretted ever memorizing one verse. 
And I can still quote to you verses that I remembered as a child in school. And I know, I went to that kind of school, right? <laughs> and uh, we memorized verses. And I can still quote to you verses that I memorized in LTS. And the other day we were having fun actually sitting on the couch. And we came across some old papers with uh, memory verses from LTS. And so I started quizzing Jen, you know. <laughs> And uh, I would give her a reference, and then she would, would quote the verse. And she did amazing. I mean, like, God, I'm all right. I had to help her a few times. But here's the beauty of it, is the Word of God is a living thing in you when you believe it. And when you memorize it like this, and, and when you go through something like LTS, it, it forces you to do the discipline of the memorization. And a lot of times we think, oh, well, I don't need to go through something like that to memorize it. Yeah, but the question is, will you? And so this is something that forces you to have certain disciplines in your life that, man, pay dividends in the long run. Because as long as you live, you can still have that scripture verse on the inside of you as a, as a living thing. And in the moment when you get into a situation and all of a sudden that comes up on the inside of you. And that's the Holy Spirit bringing to your remembrance all things that have been taught to you. And so don't underestimate the value of of LTS and of memorization and some of these disciplines that are, are learned. So, hallelujah. Amen. 